want you to go with me this morning to Colossians chapter 3, would you? Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. A few weeks ago, we began a brief series of studies we're calling The Basics of Christianity. I say brief because we soon will be back in a a study in one of the books of the Bible together, studying verse by verse through through the Word of God, which is so good to encourage our hearts and strengthen us and challenge us. But this morning we come to this third message, this third sermon in this series we're calling The Basics of Christianity. I want to bring you to this third basic which is found in the passage that we have actually chosen as our passage for Scripture memory this month. If you were to open your program to the front cover, you would see it there. You see it in Colossians chapter 3 before you, uh, verse 15. Colossians 3.15. This this first, think about the first basic of Christianity. Do you remember what it was, the first basic of Christianity we discussed? I know it's been a few weeks now because I've been gone a couple of weeks. You remember the first basic? What was that? Contentment was number two. Joy. Good. No, joy, number one. The second was contentment. We come to this third and, and closely related to those first two basics of Christianity. In fact, this third basic of Christianity, I believe, will be fleeting for us if we're struggling with joy and contentment. This third basic of Christianity is peace. Is peace. Let's look together at Colossians 3.15. And since you have this verse, I know many of us use different translations than the one I use. There are many good and trustworthy translations. I use the English Standard Version. I know that not all of you do. But since we have it on the front of the, the, the program this morning, would you turn to that? Would you turn to the front cover of your program? Because I want to say this, I want to read this together. Every every month we have a new verse of memory we use in our Sunday school hour at the beginning, in our opening of Sunday school hour, to challenge us to hide God's Word in our heart. Colossians 3.15 is the verse that we've actually chosen, and I chose chose this verse before the year began, over um, before January, uh, chose this verse among all the others that we have this year, each each month, a, a new passage to commit to memory. And um, as my memory serves me poorly, I, I came to Carolyn yesterday and I said, would you believe, it just dawned on me, it shows you how, how I'm actually not committing this to memory, shame on me. Uh, the, the passage I chose for my message this week is our memory verse this month. <laughs> how could I have overlooked that? Shame on me. Shame on me, right? I said, God is good in the way he works, and he said, brings us back to this passage. I said, I, I came to this passage because of there, there's a powerful and strong statement about peace. And then the Lord says, and oh, by the way, that's the verse you chose several months ago to memorize. So memorize it already. Shame on me. Would you read that with me? Are you looking at it on the front cover of your program? And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Listen to it again as I read it. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. You ever struggle to be at peace? You ever struggle to find peace? Are the challenges and difficulties that you face in life a challenge to your peace? I believe probably for many of us, if not most of us, or even all of us, the answer is yes. (laughs) We struggle to find peace. In your relationships, think about your relationships with people. In your relationships with other people, do you ever find it hard to be at peace? I realize that with some people it's easier to be at peace and with others it's more difficult. You find that a challenge for you at times, to be at peace in your relationships? There are three things that we see in this passage that I want you to see in this passage this morning that I believe must be true of us if we're going to know the kind of peace in this life. And peace is available to us this side of heaven. You might think that peace will never be ours, but I believe peace is ours this side of heaven if we will pay attention to three things which we see in this passage, three things in Colossians 3.15 today that must be true of you if you're going to know real peace. Here's the first one, and if you're taking notes, just write down this thought. You must have faith in Christ. You must have faith in Christ. To have peace, you must have faith in Christ. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of... Who? The peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So, at the risk of stating the obvious, it's the peace of Christ. Okay? It's the peace of Christ that is to rule in your heart. And you and I struggle to find peace at times, right? And the reason would be because we're not looking to Christ in those times. There's something we hear and see and think of possibly immediately. We're told this by implication that this is not a peace which we can create in and of ourselves. Why? Because it says it's the peace of Christ, right? It's not your peace, it's not my peace, it's not the peace that we can create or fabricate by hard work, and and we are to work hard. Don't hear me wrong on this. We should work hard. I think we should, as, as followers of Christ, Christians should be hard workers. We should be diligent workers. We should honor our employers and and give them an honest day's work. But you as hard as you work. You cannot create your own peace. We've got to provide for our families, but as, as well as you provide for your family, you cannot create peace. You might work really hard to create pleasant surroundings. Your pleasant surroundings will not bring you lasting peace. No, 
real peace, lasting peace, peace that passes all understanding like we hear of in Philippians 4.7, cannot be found anywhere but first through faith in Jesus Christ. So this peace is not a self-made peace that you create by simplifying your life. You know, there's a, there's a popular thing these days going around. It's uh, the craze is to simplify, to get rid of excess things. And some people go, go to extremes and get rid of many, many things, even get rid of um, some things that you and I might think are necessary to simplify, to, to make more life. I think the, the whole point is to make more life more peaceful. Now, simplification is good. I think we ought to, we ought to pare down a bit. You know, sometimes we have so much. We're just keeping things going, right? Keeping things running, maintaining. But simplifying your life will not bring lasting peace. The only true and lasting peace is God-given peace. Which is for those who are, and hear this, The lasting peace that God gives is for those who are obediently following Christ. There's a cue there to why we struggle with peace at times. Real peace only comes through Christ. It is a gift from God, and it is only for those who are faithfully following Christ. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, we hear Jesus speaking to the disciples shortly before he's to be crucified, and he tells them, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And I would suggest and I would challenge you that if you feel like you don't have peace, that's good. It is a gift from God that you would feel unsettled, that you would be without peace. I don't know about you, but at times I find myself praying, God, don't let me be at peace until I'm obedient. You might think that's a dangerous prayer, but I think it's a prayer that honors God. It says, I want to be obedient. I struggle with the flesh. God, don't let me rest until I'm obedient. Don't let me be at peace. And and that is God's heart. God can't allow you to be at peace if you're at odds with Him and you're at odds with His Word. Peace, says Jesus, I leave with you my peace I give to you. What is that peace? I believe it's an inner peace that is given to those who obediently follow Christ and it is a gift of peace with God. And it's a good thing when we don't have it because it drives us to pursue peace. But we need to be careful because if we feel like we are without peace and we're driven to pursue the wrong kind of peace, we are still going to be without peace. We will not have the peace of Christ. It is a gift from God. It is peace with God. It is an inner peace, an inner strength. Even in the midst of turmoil, you can be at peace if you're at peace with God. In other words, this peace is only available to those who by faith have confessed to God that they are sinners and have surrendered their lives to Christ, believing in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Is that true of your life? Have you repented of sin and believed in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? If you have not, the peace 
I'm suggesting God wants to give you and will give you cannot be yours until you reach that point. Do you have faith in Christ? In fact, those who have trusted in Christ, we are told in Romans 5.1, have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's where our peace begins. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ when we place our faith and trust in him. So that's number one. You must have faith in Christ to have peace. Here's number two. Your heart must be ruled by Christ to have peace. You must have faith in Christ to have peace, and you you must have a heart that is ruled by Christ to have peace. You see, God's word says in verse 15, let the peace of Christ do what? Rule in your hearts. Those who would have peace must allow their hearts to be ruled by Christ. Now, what does that mean to have a heart that's ruled by Christ? Well, the word Paul uses here for rule has in mind the work of one who rules the games or sporting events. We call that person an umpire. Now, watch any sporting event. You're going to learn very quickly the importance of umpires. And I know if you're like us, we watch sporting events and go, where was the referee? Where was the umpire on that one? Right? And sometimes we're like, get rid of that umpire. He doesn't always do. But listen, could you imagine the, the utter bedlam that a sporting event would be without the umpires? Just think of how, how uh, crazy it would be if you were to watch a, a basketball game that didn't have any referees. A football game that didn't have any referees or umpires. Or a baseball game that didn't have any umpires. And God's word tells you that if you're to have peace, you must let the peace of Christ rule or umpire your, your heart, your, your life. If you're to enjoy the gift of the peace of Christ, then you must let Christ rule. You must let him have his way with you. Now, how does that work? Well, it works by making the wisdom of God, God's word, your guiding standard in every situation of life. You see, God has given you his word to guide you in the daily work of God-pleasing and Christ-like decision-making. God's word is so good and gracious to instruct our hearts. When, when you know God's word, you very often have the answer to the challenges you face without even having to ask God for wisdom. Because those who humble themselves before God's word have God's wisdom. And he will be good to give you his wisdom to help you make Christ-like, God-glorifying daily decisions if you will be a person of the book, the word of God, if you will read it. I'm not suggesting that you have to be a theologian and make deep studies into the word of God. I'm suggesting you start reading Because that's where many of us need to begin. We need to start reading God's Word. We watch far more television than we read God's Word. We watch far more news than we read God's Word. We talk to our friends far more than we talk to God. And that is where our problem is when we're struggling to find peace. Make your prayer. Oh God, Make me to love your word. 
Make me to hunger and thirst for the truths of your word. Help me to feel empty if I don't get your word in my heart today. Don't let me have peace, God, until I'm willing to submit to your word. Are you, are you bold enough to pray that prayer? Are you courageous enough to pray that? That's a challenge. God, don't let me be at peace until I'm a lover of your word and I'm a follower of your teaching. You don't have to know it all. You need to know some of it. And God will let you know know more of it. As you read the Word, you will find how the beginning connects with the end. And the end connects with the middle. And the middle connects with the beginning. You're going to find these connections all through God's Word as He brings points of truth to your heart to challenge you, to equip you, to give you wisdom. As you face daily decisions, you will find God's Word God's wisdom ruling. And when you do, you'll know peace. When you obey God's word daily, He is faithful to give daily peace. See, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are at peace with God, but that peace is only enjoyed by those who are ruled by Christ from the heart. Isaiah 26.3 puts it this way, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Believer, beloved, I would challenge you that if you are not a reader of God's word, your mind is not stayed on Christ. How can you say, I trust God? If you are not willing to take in, to behold His promises, to obey His promises, it's not as simple. Living the Christian life is not as simple as having, you know, five things I don't do. I mean, many of us live that way. There's five things, or there's four things, or there's three things, or whatever. I've got a list of things I don't do. And if you're a Christian, you shouldn't do them either. That's the way we live. But listen. God's Word gives far more instruction than that and and will rule in your life and will shape you in the image of Christ if you will submit, if you will submit to His Word. You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Don't tell me. Don't tell me you trust God and yet you don't read His Word. I know that's a challenge, and I mean to challenge you. It breaks my heart when God's church says, I love God's Word. Preacher, preach. Let's sing. Let's be the church. And yet, read God's Word. I don't know what the Bible says. I I don't really read it that much. If we say that, Let that be a challenge to you today. To be one who is willing to submit to the authority of God in your life because He has given you His Word for you to live by, to be ruled by. Your heart must be ruled by Christ if you are going to have peace. 
And you will only experience the perfect peace that only God gives when you keep your mind on Christ by rooting yourself, by grounding yourself, by founding your life in the Word of God, and by trusting in God, allowing His Word to guide your every decision. God's Word is good and necessary and complete and capable for your whole life, not just for Sundays, not just for some things, not just for your marriage, not just for your children, not just for the workplace, not just for your neighbors, not just for the one who sits next to you. God's Word speaks to your whole life, and I want to know if you're listening. God wants to rule. He wants to be number one, and he deserves to be number one. We dare not neglect his word. An outworking of this heart knowledge of God's Word that brings peace to the life of the believer also brings peace to the life of God's church. You realize that? Do you understand that? An outworking of this peace in which God intends to rule in our hearts not only brings peace to our lives as individuals, it brings peace to the life of of the church, the body of Christ. Note that Paul points to the life of the church when he says here in verse 15, to which indeed you were called in one body. You see, as God's people, we are called to peace together in one body, the church. We are called to be at peace together. We are to be a people who, for God's glory, work together, who get along so that the world might see Christ clearly at work in our midst and turn to him in faith. And God's peace is present in the life of the church when the hearts of the people are ruled by Christ. Where the people's hearts in the church are not ruled by Christ, there will be discord, I guarantee it, and there will be strife. Charles Spurgeon preached on this passage, and he challenged his church to let the peace of God rule, saying this, Only thus can the church of God prosper. I am sure that there can be no blessing where there is no peace. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A church disputing is a church committing suicide. Many and many a church has come to its death by bleeding inwardly through strife. 
Otherwise, it might have defied the whole world and hell itself. It is generally the little churches that squabble most. If they cannot excel in anything else, they are certain, they can certainly claim the first rank in quarreling. A few Christian people get together to serve God, and the devil comes in at once and sets them by the ears. They are good men and true, but Satan bewitches them so that they dispute about nothing at all. Oh, may God save this church, says Spurgeon, and save all the churches from missing this blessed peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, dear brother, dear sister, for the church's sake. And I'll take that a step further, for your neighbor's sake. Let's not be that church that squabbles and quarrels and never, never knows peace. Let's look to Christ and look to His Word and walk by faith with our brothers and sisters in Christ in peace for God's glory and if that's not motive enough for your own good. So first, to have the peace that God offers, you first must have faith in Christ. You first must have faith in Christ to have peace. Second, your heart must be ruled by Christ to have peace. And third, you must be thankful to God to have peace. You must be thankful. You see, God's Word says it here in verse 15. Look at it again. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And then one more sentence, three words, and be thankful. I have known it to be true in my own life, and I have seen it often in God's people, that the one who lacks peace, the one who lacks the peace of Christ, is also one who is characteristically unthankful. When I'm struggling to be at peace, I can find a connection in my thanklessness. And that's often true because the thankless person is ruled by selfishness and pride the kind of selfishness and pride that causes us to think too highly of ourselves. We think we deserve better than what we're getting. And because of this, controversies and grudges and disagreements and discouragement rules our lives in abundance. They're in control. We're not. And this is sadly true because the selfish person tends to be demanding and unforgiving of others while all the while ignoring their own sin. Are you full of gratitude to God or, or full of restlessness and worry? Think of it. It's one of the challenges, I think, to us. It's one of the reasons, I keep telling you this, it's one of the reasons that, that we chose passages one a month this year that, that remind us to be thankful and grateful and joyful people, because we need reminders, because we so gravitate to negativity. We so gravitate to, oh my word, look what's going on in the news. What, look at what you know, the politicians are doing now. All the while, forgetting God is in control. There's no one who spurns God. There's no one who gets away with that. 
God is in control. He will have his way. God's plan will prevail. And because of that, you have so much to be thankful for. Look to his son if you need a reminder. Right? I love the attitude of the beloved Bible commentator Matthew Henry, of whom it is said that when he was robbed, (laughs) when he was robbed, gave thanks to God, saying, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. Second, because although he took my purse, he did not take my life. Third, because although he took all I possessed, it was not much. Fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. Hmm. Here's a perspective on thankfulness that we might not have thought of, myself included. You want to enjoy the peace that only God gives? Then learn to give thanks. Practice if you have to. Make yourself give thanks if you have to. Start a list if you have to. I would suggest that's a great idea. Start a list. Write down every day something to be thankful for. If you need to start with one thing, go ahead. Just start with one thing a day. I'm betting you can't stop there. You want to enjoy the peace that only God gives them. Learn to give thanks. Grow a heart of gratitude toward God as exemplified by the psalmist in Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Oh, let your heart rejoice. Do you want to know that peace of which we hear of in Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding? That in all the relationships and challenges of this life will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus? Do you want to know that? I do. Have faith in Christ if you want to have peace. Make sure your heart is ruled by Christ if you want to have peace. And make sure you're growing in your gratitude and thankfulness to God if you want to have peace. I put it in the program today, this little quote from Adam Clark, and I realized I forgot to put his name there. That is not my wisdom. This is Adam Clark's writing the quote inside your program that says, No heart is right with God where the peace of Christ does not rule. Did you hear that? I'm challenged by that. I'm convicted by that. No heart is right with God where the peace of Christ does not rule. And the continual prevalence of the peace of Christ is the decisive proof that the heart is right with God. When a man loses his peace, it is an awful proof that he has lost something else, that he has given way to evil and grieved the Spirit of God while peace rules, all is safe. Thank you, commentator Adam Clark. He lived in the 1600s, but he had a handle on something that is timeless. Timeless.